Twice a week, Van Lathan and Rachel Lindsay dissect the biggest topics in Black culture, politics, and sports on their show, Higher Learning. They discuss the most important and timely conversations while also frequently inviting guests on the podcast and occasionally debating each other. Check out Higher Learning on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Cold open question of the week, Kaz. Dave. What is the forbidden door for the Masked Man show? Like who, who, what's going to be shocking if it happens on this show so that everybody will be like, holy crap, they opened the forbidden door? Oh, uh, man. I am too easygoing of a person to ever have such forbidden doors all is all and and anyone who loves this show or loves this sport is welcome to the mass man show we would never do a thing like have doors or forbid them from coming the doors through are it. always open the forbidden doors are just wide open on this show maybe we could i don't know i think people listening to this probably have an idea we should prove them wrong we should we should open up so. the doors too you know, at this point, at this point, I think Shane McMahon would be the one to come through the forbidden door. <laughs> I'm not sure that we can. I'm not. I'm not sure we have a door uh, that that'll suit that'll fit him. But we'll 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 leave that door open. Shane, you're welcome on this show. Let's start the show. What's going on, Jabronis? It's Pitch Mister Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Roast Battle Season One Champion Mike Lawrence. Husky Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WB superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to the And you're listening you're to listening to and you are listening to the And you're listening to, listening to You are listening to the Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Welcome to the Masked Man Show with Kaz. We got a big show today. We got uh, Forbidden Doors uh, galore to discuss. Huge show, yes. The road to WrestleMania is uh, chugging along. We're going to hand out some rockets. Yes, that's right. We're going to hand out some rockets at the end of this show. Um, But, I mean, it's Thursday morning. Uh, It's a sunny day. and I guess I've gone through the Forbidden Door. I'm sitting in a hotel room in Stamford. I guess I can't talk too much about it on the show, but we're, we're, uh, we're, 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 you know, keeping it real out here in Connecticut. Chugging Um, along. Yeah. You know what, you know what it is whenever you're in Stamford. For anybody watching, watching our numerous, numerous video clips that have been popping up on Twitter. That's why I have a beautiful, just plain off-white wall behind me. uh, (laughs) But we have to talk about AEW. Yes. We have to talk about Dynamite. Yes. We have to talk about, I mean... This is a weird show because it just had it got there was so much so much chatter so much leading up to it and afterwards everybody was every there was so much to talk about right yeah the big I mean the thing I want to start with is first of all 
thanks, thank you, Tony Khan. I mean, I'll say thank you, Tony <laughs> Khan, for any number of reasons, but thank you, Tony Khan, for nipping in the bud the really pedantic converse, the argument we were going to have to have about whether or like the definition of a forbidden door, because <laughs> I was like. I was absentmindedly complaining about this all week because I was like, Tony Khan is not talking about a forbidden door. If he's talking about a free agent signing, those are different things. And like some people were just like, yeah, I know. And some people I was texting with ad nauseum were like, stop texting me about forbidden doors. This is really boring. (laughs) But Tony tweeted last night. He was like, hey, I mean, I guess spoiler alert. We got two big debuts on AEW last night. One was uh, the patron saint of the masked man show with kaz keith lee and the Mm. other one was uh jay white switchblade jay white most famously of new japan Uh, and tony tweeted last night that he didn't sign jay white i love it's just like a total open book he was he he admitted that he was using forbidden door too loosely because forbidden door obviously means someone coming in from another company who's yes now employed by the other company he said he was you know he, he misspoke and so he signed jay white on sunday uh, and 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 uh, he showed up last night in the backstage segment. Part of me thinks that backstage segment was such a weird way to debut him. I was watching it and I was like, are they even there? Did they just go to wherever Jay White was and film this bit? I don't know, but I'm excited to see Jay White there. I, I, I'll be honest. Uh, there, they were in Atlantic City. There were, there were. I would say they're fairly local. Last night, and uh, I have a friend. His name is uh, Tyler. Uh, I wouldn't say friend, but he's a great Twitter follower. Tyler Conway, who who tweets for, does a lot of social for BR and does the NBA. And he went to AEW Dynamite last night. And I love getting a nice barometer of like what people think of AEW. And he thought the same thing I thought. I know of Jay White, but I don't think that, uh, like if that was the only, uh, you know, uh, debut yesterday, I think it would have been looked at as a letdown. I think that's exactly why they produced it the way they did, right? It was yeah, kind of maybe like a bait so. and switch. I don't know. I have the same issue with both of them. And by the way, it was a great episode of Dynamite. Oh, I have no complaints. Be- best, best episode of Dynamite in, in months, by the way. Like, every we'll segment talk, felt important. Yeah, we'll talk about all of it. I, I think with both Jay White and Keith Lee, I mean, I don't want to get in this whole... Uh, the, the flip side of what I'm about to say is obviously the top of the card is stacked. And, you know, everybody can't be in the main event all the time, and blah, blah, right. blah. But... You know, <laughs> that was like two huge, two potentially huge debuts that were pretty that, that were pretty low key, all things considered. I would and say I, Jay White I, was more low key than Keith Lee. I haven't. So uh, let's just take Jay White real quick because I am a huge Jay White fan, and I'm a fa- let me. I'll just say it. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Jay White, uh, fan of Impact Wrestling now, maybe more than ever. Jay White should not have been should not have should have said no to going to Impact Wrestling because it's really yeah I mean it's just, he's been he's been there he's doing that he's like it's just it it takes a little bit of the shine off the rose and I'm not even talking about the Impact Wrestling like that you know the, their place in the in the well I am talking about their place in the wrestling universe you know I mean it's just it's a different thing and Jay White I mean listen man Jay White I think I've mentioned Jay White as somebody who would be just like a potential like AJ Styles in the Rumble opportunity, right? I mean, I'm not saying, not that he was going to go to WWE, but you could have him come out out of nowhere, his first big American appearance, and just be like, holy crap, that's Jay White of New Japan. He's, you know, whatever. And it, and it would be a big deal. I mean, there's a little bit of shine off the New Japan rose in general right now. Yeah, that that was kind of my point. Like, I feel like... I mean, I think Okada could have come out and it would have been a little bit of a... 
a well, little bit I, of a fizzle, you know, like I, because just because it's we're in a different spot now than with vis a vis New Japan and just the wrestling fan. I mean, I mean, just think, think about the way that fans were like. I mean, you could just go on Twitter and Reddit and just watch the way that people were responding to like Wrestle Kingdom a couple years ago compared to the way they're responding to stuff now. I mean, it's just a different place. Yeah, but but and this is what care. This is what what counts for Jay White and Keith Lee. There's a big. There's a huge. There's a huge bonus to treating somebody like they're super important on the way in the door. Now you can make the case that they did that with both of them, right? Uh, you know the the super click, um, whatever elite storyline, uh, the fragmentation, whatever is almost is like a, is all kind of in the weeds right now for someone that's not like watching like you know super closely every week and like. Does it mean? Is it meaningful that Jay White came out? Is he like now the th the fourth leader of the elite, or like what? You know, like it's it's you know who knows. But we should all be super excited that Jay White has a place in AEW, and I hope that he hangs around because I desperately want to see him work in AEW with a lot of these big names, right? Um, so so you know, I think that what they did was, I mean, the, but I under the constraints they were in, you know, whatever what they did was fine. Yeah, I mean, I, I, so Jay White to me is is a guy who I've always known is really talented and and, and extremely, uh, you know, well respected and, and a great wrestler. But he comes in at a time where, the like you said, the the kind of the, the heat off of New Japan has kind of cooled off a little bit. And I, it's been a long time since I stayed up till four a.m. to watch this guy wrestle a live match. You know, like everything that I've seen of Jay White. In the past several years has either been on a replay or a gif or something like that and or on impact wrestling and um you know i one thing that i'm i'm hoping for and which i'm starting to see is that uh you know you talk about being treated like a very important person every time you walk into the door and how important that is because you can get lost in the shuffle if you ask a couple of people i don't agree but if you ask a couple of people on social media or just their, their their you know thoughts on certain folks who have debuted, they feel Adam Cole was somebody who got lost in the shovel. And now I think with the arrival of Jay White, I feel like and you know his promo on Rampage and him ending Dynamite last week, uh, this past week, uh, just kind of telling Adam Page that he's coming for him. Um, I think what they've been quietly doing is like. Adam Cole sort of like building his own subset of the elite within the elite. You know what I'm saying? While, you know, I, I, and I've always thought that this is kind of going to always, it's always going to end up with Adam Cole versus the original elite as baby faces, a returning Kenny Omega. You know what I mean? Uh, Adam Cole probably getting the world title off of Adam Page with, the former members of Undisputed Era by his side, with Jay yeah. White by his side, with Britt Baker by his side, and then turning by by the default, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and those guys into baby faces. And they're really starting to treat Adam Cole like a big deal. I think Jay White's arrival kind of signifies that because there's so much stories that you can tell with it. Um, not really a forbidden door, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, not really a forbidden door. And thanks to Tony Khan for for thoroughly explaining that because I think that was a topic of conversation for a while. I, and good on him for doing it because it got, it kept me glued into the show the entire 
episode. There was there was five minutes during the show, Dave, where I convinced myself, oh, it's going to be like Sasha Banks or somebody mm-hmm. <laughs> who like comes out well, and like. Well, that's, that gets Jake to the Cargo. bigger question, though. Yeah. Were the expect did, did they raise expectations too high? I think they did, I mean, but I think it's a good thing that they raised ex- those expectations high because it kept me. It kept me locked in throughout the entire show. It kept saying, oh, is this it? Is that it? Is that is here's it? A, here's is that the, the best possible reading I'll give it. I mean, and and uh, it's like, I think Tony Khan's tweet about the Forbidden Door sort of admits something that a lot of people have said, which is that, like, he was sort of overdoing it with the hype, right? I mean, look, look uh, there was, Tony Khan has an announcement, was a graphic on this week's Dynamite lineup, right? I mean, it's like, it's, it's Tony Khan has an announcement is the new CM Punk Speaks, it's right? I mean, it's, yeah. But, and, uh, I mean, you, it, it's hard for me to argue that even with J. Cole and even with Keith Lee, that those two debuts lived up to the hype. But you can, like, it's one thing to sort of like, or to say, say, oh, that was overhyped. It didn't live up to it. Sort of in a, in a very like clinical way. I don't know, man. If somebody, it's like it's like if somebody invited you over for like the most incredible ice cream sundae you've ever had, <laughs> and they gave you just like a really delicious proper like square meal instead. Yeah. Yeah. You know, with with like a with like a you know a little bit of ice cream at the end. You know, I, I just feel like, and there's no complaining about that because let's be honest, incredibly well constructed, well told episodes of professional wrestling that keep you at the edge of your seat the whole time, based on its own momentum, not based on preconceived expectations. That that is is a novelty in the modern professional wrestling world. That is, that is, that is hard to come by. That is the real, like, that is the real shock. That is the real reason to show up and the reason to go home happy. Yeah. Okay. So, so the fact that, you know, Shane McMahon didn't come out, you know, and just like cut a work shoot promo on his dad. Well, (sighs) I, I I'm happy with what we got. Like I, I so it's, it's impossible to have watched that show and to say and to and to come away dissatisfied. I will say, you know, Keith Lee looks freaking great. I'm I will be Keith Lee's number one fan on my dying day. I'm so excited that he's there. And because of the track record that Tony Khan and AEW have now, I have all the confidence in the world that he'll be, you know. It in a great position within the next six months, and and we'll be talking about how incredible it is, and we're already talking about how incredible it is at WWE. Let this guy go, and blah blah blah. Now, is there a part of me that wonders, like, what if he had just if he hadn't debuted in that match, and he had been the one to come out at the end and challenge Adam Cole? I know rankings and blah blah blah, but if he had just been in that Adam Cole spot at the end, would that have been a bigger deal? Yeah, that would have been a bigger deal. You know, I mean, that would that would have immediately. I mean, when you when you take these distressed assets that come from WWE. He's, I mean, they're gonna build. He's gonna build him up. I don't have any doubt about that. But you take this distressed outset. It takes a little bit of messaging to tell the audience like this guy really matters. Because guess what? The last time they saw him, he didn't really matter. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. you can't expect all the audience, even the AEW audience, to be like a hundred percent in on Keith Lee's potential based on some like you know a, a blindingly short NXT run and some like internet rumors about him working and evolving shit. You know, I mean, it's like it's it's you have to like tell people who this guy is. And they did a good job of that. You know, like JR talked him up and he looked good in that match. But 
I guess to me, it's like if Tony Khan only realized that the, that he had to get Jay White on Sunday, does that mean that everything he said up to that point was hyping up Keith Lee in a qualifying match for the ladder match? Like I think that so. was that was what he was so excited about that Keith Lee was in the play in tournament. I mean, <laughs> it's 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 a I don't know. It just seems a little bit off. Now that said, it, it's I mean Keith looked great. They put him in the right spot. I mean, that in that match, he looked like a million bucks, and he will continue to be, you know, freaking awesome for them. Kudos to Keith, for, I guess, for cutting his honeymoon short or whatever they decided to do to make that thing work. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you can't. I, I can't say I'm not excited. Now, all of this is to say that in an episode of AAW Dynamite, when Keith Lee debuted, when Jay White debuted, when there was a bloody title match like hardcore title match with the the that could have carried a whole show on its own the greatest moment of the night we haven't even discussed and maybe your mileage may vary but the great the, but the but the biggest moment of the night for me was seeing cm punk and john moxley team up as a tag team out of nowhere i mean you could even say this but cm punk on stage with sting and darby at the beginning but but when when Mox's music hit, I mean, there that was just old school, like yeah. like feel in the bottom of your stomach, wrestling excitement, and also, it's just 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 the two. I mean, two absolute icons like that. I mean, like living legends that just come together in a match. I mean, it's just like there's no, it's so it felt so cool. Yeah, I gotta give know? Tony Khan his his credit, right? Like, I feel like. Tony Khan probably, it's not an easy job. I don't want to say it's an easy job, but it seems like he has the easiest job in professional wrestling, right? Because it sounds it sounds like an easy thing to do, but it just feels like AEW is in the service of fan service. It's like they're literally booking the territory through Twitter. It's like if they listen to Twitter or just listen to, to, to wrestling journalists or podcasts for a couple of weeks, they can get a good show out of it, right? Like, everybody... Uh, I'll start with Keith Lee. You, could you have had him debut after the Adam Page match and, and pretty much slap the title and do all that thing? Great. But what makes Keith Lee awesome is Keith Lee wrestling. And the fact that he debuted in a match, we got to see how awesome he was because, like you said, it's been a while since we've got to see unhinged, like, comically athletic Keith Lee just do what he does and just, you know turn people into instant gifts and memes like bouncing people out the ring like it's it's been a long time since we've gotten to see that and that was the first thing we saw as soon as he jumped out so kudos to that on top of that there was like an hour there was like an hour and 20 minute stretch where i was like this is the best wrestling show that ha on tv that i've seen in a long time it went from the mjf intro which was phenomenal phenomenal heel work by by mjf and and um you know uh our ftr and sean spears and those guys then followed by cm punk teasing okay here i am with sting and darby i need to find a tag team partner that's not sting and darby right he goes on twitter he's at and Danhausen. he's at and samoa joe as that's happening here comes uh you know the inner circle to to kind of work out their differences or whatever and now they're teasing a split with the dissension. I think, uh, you know, uh, Santana and Ortiz had a great promo, looked like megastars. 
Sammy Guevara looked like a huger star after that, like being like, man, I'm the TNT champion. I don't need this shit. Y'all figure it out. And then after that, you see, Jay, I think I think we get Jay Cargill in there too, which is like, I mean, come on. Like, I don't, I don't got to hype up how great it is to watch Jay Cargill wrestle. But then you got, right after that, then you have uh, Jay White and the Elite come out. You know what I mean? And the, the band switch that they did there Right before uh, the the mystery ladder match opponent is coming out right now was so perfect because it went right into a commercial break and it gave the audience the time to go on so on social media or call their friends or text their friends and be like, "Yo, did you see that Jay White's and Ollie?" Blah 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 blah. And just as like that settling in, that like you know that door is open for New Japan and Bullet Club stories and Elite stories. Boom! Here comes Keith Motherfucking Lee who, you know, has a brand new song that feels like Keith Lee. And it's like, holy hell, all you had to do to get people to like this dude was just kind of let him do what he's been doing for the past 10 years. You know what I mean? And that's just kick ass and just be cool as hell while doing it. Um, It was, and then, and then after, and then after the Keith Lee debut, then you get, FTR versus Punk and Moxley and just have a cult of personality followed by Wild Thing. Come on. Like, that crowd has already lost their shit by then. Like, there's, not, you, there's nothing else you can do to get them even more excited. But, uh, you know, then that Texas death match happened as well, which really uh, superseded my expectations. Last night's episode of Dynamite was, like, top to bottom, probably one of their best shows they've ever put together. And that's including... The episode with Punk debuting and yeah. Brian's Brian and Omega, well, like just top to I mean, bottom, they delivered. And the stuff that we haven't even talked about is stuff that we might it might be the stuff we remember, right? I yeah. mean, I don't think we're gonna go back and we're gonna like look be looking back a year and just being like, oh my god, Keith Lee when he came out against Isaiah Cassidy. Hopefully, we'll be talking about bigger and better things for Keith right. Lee. Yes, but you know, we might be in a year being like, oh, we might be talking about. MJF having a cardboard cutout of CM Punk as like as like a you know Nation of Domination era rock style like moment in time that we all like remember fun. you know like there's all it's there is just one segment after another man mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, there's just like there's so much it's just so packed it's funny I've been like looking at rewatching a bunch of I think I said this in the show a while ago but I've been rewatching tons of like Attitude Era episodes of Raw and I'll go right. be going in for a certain thing for and because of Peacock. You know, because Peacock allows you to, or the WWE Network, whatever, obviously puts you in a different situation. If I'm watching YouTube, it's just you watch the clip you're looking for. If you're on Peacock or the network, you end up watching the whole show because it's just there right in front of you and you're skipping around and everything. Some of those episodes are raw. We're just two hours of just gold. Like, like, I mean, every segment is one that you remember, right? And you're just like, this all happened in one night? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And... And that's what last night felt like. It was, it was, it was really cool. How about that title match, though? What do you think about the? What do hey, you think about that? Listen, big ups to Lance Archer, the Murderhawk. Uh, you know, I was not huge on him for a long time, but he absolutely great, great, great finish. I thought the finish was really spectacular. Um, you know, the fact that they hit the buckshot lariat so early. You send out, um, you know, uh, the guy from American Top Team. I always his name, Dan Lambert. You Dan send out Lambert, Dan Lambert yeah. to unscrew the top. Like 
the small the when you when you reward wrestling fans for paying attention and making them think just once or one or two more beats, you do so much fan service because now their mind isn't even thinking about what's possible anymore. The first thing you saw Dan Lambert do when he comes and unscrews the top, uh, you know, uh, turnbuckle is oh my gosh. Now Adam Page doesn't have the leverage to do the buckshot lariat, which is the move that, you know, he gets everybody with. And there were some nasty spots in there. I'm, I'm talking about just not even just nasty in the sense of like landings and crash. Land. I'm talking about like we're still in a pandemic. I don't need you to be licking blood off of people's faces. Lance, like I don't need you to be doing uh, it is bloody gory mess. And, you know. If you're into that, fantastic. I think in my older age, I'm starting to get, get a little bit uh, stomach turned when I see it, but I can appreciate the artistry of it. And the flip over the ref's back into the buckshot <laughs> lariat through the table, that and and it can, and it comes so suddenly, like because I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, damn, like you know, Lance, they might just put the title on Lance Archer because like he's getting his ass kicked and. You know, I know about TV time. They got to go home soon. <laughs> and then just out of fucking nowhere hits that into the, the the waiting tables. I was just like, yeah, well, you can't come back from that. Like, that's that's just fantastic. And not yeah. even it was it was a really impressive match. I know Adam Page is the world champion for a reason. And you knew he was going to have a great showcase with somebody who could make him look really good. So you got to give Lance Archer his credit I- there. But I could actually incredible. quibble with the ending, but I'm not going to because the overall really? effect was just so great. Yeah, what was wrong I mean, with the ending? The, no, no, the ending itself was good. I just thought Murder Hawk, the Murder Hawk could probably survive going through a table, you know, <laughs> after all he had survived that night. But he I guess he'd tired. been worn down. He was, he, was. he lost a lot of blood. Yeah. I found myself, and I feel like the same way the last time that when they the, the, the Danielson page match that got bloody, I found myself. I felt like I was enjoying it despite the blood. And I'm and I have said before in the show, I'm not like a crimson mask guy. Like, you know, I don't go back and excitedly watch like Eddie Guerrero like shooting freaking like makes my stomach know, turn now. Oh, cola syrup yeah. out of his forehead. But like but I don't dis I don't dislike it. I mean, I like I love but at this like there's nothing I love more than like Ric Flair with the bloody red hair, you know, and th- that old the old school stuff. But and this was certainly old school, but but I but you know the blood came. By the time that Murder Hawk was like licking the fork, you know I was like, okay, I appreciate this for what it is. But everything that happened in the match, like to a certain extent, was working at a little bit of a handicap for me because I was just like, man, eh, I could do without all this blood. You know, Adam Page <laughs> was just like as red as can Gushing. be, and Gushing. our guy Phil Schneider was probably like losing it because he's just like the blood king of the world. But like, you know, for me, it was like I was kind of loving it despite that on a certain level, and and it was freaking awesome. It was so good. It was just such a cool match, and. It was such a cool match. I didn't even mind the random pane of glass that just happened to show up during the heel entrance. Well, that was early. If that had been the if that had been the finish, I think we'd be talking about that. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, I didn't mind yeah. it at all. I just I kept thinking, like, did somebody just put that there? Was that the? I think I think that was like his like plan. I don't know. I think that was like his plan, like big heel entrance. You know, there was think, an old whatever. totally totally. This is to total aside. There was if if anybody remembers Candid Camera as a show, I was. I remember I watched like the reruns of that when I was a little I kid. I don't know what they were on, but it was just a prank show, right? And 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 people, regular people, would get caught up in some prank, and then they'd all have a big laugh when they found out it was fake. 
There was one like famous thing where they had these two guys moving a giant pane of glass, except it wasn't there. It was just like mime work. <laughs> yeah. And it was, and the gag was just watching people like duck because they thought they were about to run into glass. That they should work that. That feels like a very like, like young bucks gimmick. They should do that. But all that said, yes, the plane of glass was a little bit silly. Uh, and whatever, but it was a it was a freaking great match. It was a it freaking was a great, great match. match. I'm not even going to complain about Dan Lambert's outfit for this week. That's because I really enjoyed the match that much. We'll save that for tights talk next week, and because manager outfits count in tights talk, as it should, as it should. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience—the formula for winning championships—is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Uh, so yeah, that was, I mean, overall, just a stupendous episode of professional wrestling. Um, but let's just, let's just, uh, it's hard to, it's hard to know with any certainty where Jay White is going to be in the in AEW over the next year if he's just here for a match or two and then you know he's going to leave and whatever but Keith Lee is going to be there so what do you wh where do you where do you foresee how do you foresee the next year of Keith Lee and AEW going he's got to be world champion <laughs> not TNT champion not FTW champion he's got to be the world champion you bring that guy in if I'll put it like this. Critiques about WWE have been fair because of what I feel was missed on the opportunity with Keith Lee, right? From NXT to Survivor Series to Royal Rumble, where he's literally hanging 
with the, the biggest guys in wrestling, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar and Drew McIntyre for, for a couple, for a spell. Now you bring him to AEW, just in kayfabe world, he should be in a world title situation immediately. If you can do, if you could do what WWE failed to do with Keith Lee, which is make him an important player on the main roster show, on a nationally televised show, you can never critique WWE again for not being able to do it either. Keith Lee is every, he was, when I heard about the mass layoffs in the past several months and just seeing how many people got let go and just on the outside looking and seeing what AEW was lacking, Keith Lee checks literally every single box. And obviously people who have listened to this show for for the past several years knows that me and you will, you know, go to the our, our dying breaths singing the praises of Keith Lee and it's all warranted. Um that being said, I feel like if you're if you're leading towards an eventual Adam Page or Adam Cole, you know, with uh, this super powered new version of the Elite behind him, I hate to keep calling AEW NXT developmental, you know what I mean? Or NXT AEW developmental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's that's your first black world champion. That's a, one of the new faces of your company. That's a guy you could make into mainstream and, and do everything you can do. He is he's, he's the total package. And if he's not in your world title picture by this time next year... Something went well, wrong. This time next six months. I mean, I think it's I think that the I mean, honestly, there's a lot of lessons to be learned by the way that Keith Lee's WWE run transpired. But honestly, I, I think that if anything, and, and I mean did, listen, he he should still be there. He should be at the top of the, the card on Raw or SmackDown. It still hurts or whatever. Me. It's it's the one release that I'm really like, damn. But they but really think, let Keith Lee go. <laughs> yeah. But but I mean, but the, but the I think of all of the people, the WWE is you know well uh, it's not of all the people. I think the original sin with Keith Lee is that they waited at least a year too long to sign him in the first place, and then once they signed him, they waited too long to actually like decide to do anything with him. I mean, he's not young, but besides that, he's not he he's not in need of, he wasn't in need of seasoning. Keith Lee could have been in the main event at WrestleMania the year before he signed with NXT. Like he, like he, and, and if you want to take that lesson, can't, you can't wait. You can't wait. He's a freaking force in nature, man. This is old school wrestling 101. I mean, and listen, you got to give him a little bit more backstory and longevity. You know, you got to, he's got to have some legs. He's not just going to be a territorial monster who's here one month and, and gone the next, but you know, Van Vader didn't come in and just like, worked squash matches for a year before it before they decided to do anything with them. They didn't have Van Vader go after the TV title. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean it's it's a it, he's he's championship material, right? Or he's 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 a contender. So I don't know. I mean I think that you got I think you I think you can be comfortable in just like strapping that AEW rocket to Keith Lee's back and watch yeah. him go. What one thing AEW hasn't done is have like their behemoth or that force of nature that just yeah. you know I would say the closest they've gotten to it is Jade Cargo. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's like, they're oh, yeah. sort of like, yeah, as soon as the person walked in, it's like, yeah, we can't deny this person. Like, eventually she's going to have to run this shit. And I think Keith Lee's got to be the same way. I don't, I said he should be in the world title picture in a year, but man, 
how long can you have him do squash matches or do sort of like these impressive feats of strength before you're like, yeah, this guy should probably be the world champ, you know? So I think, you know, it wouldn't shock me and it, it wouldn't surprise me if in, I said a year, but if less than that, if in four months and in six months, he just comes in and just takes over everything and is the world champion. That is a, that is a layup upon layups if it comes to AEW. And, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see how that goes, man. He's the he's the total package. Let's hope he could keep it keep it straight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's move on. We'll circle back to, I think, some of these uh, personalities and some of the ones we haven't even discussed. Um, when we hand out rockets at the end of the show. Yes. Uh, let's talk about WWE a little bit. Let's talk about it. Um. I don't know. I have a series of questions. Raw was Raw was pretty enjoyable. I like some of the matchups that we got, and I like you know some of the stuff that they're doing on there. Obviously, we're we're on a one way street towards towards the elimination chamber, and then obviously WrestleMania afterwards. Um, man, where do you even begin with my list of questions? Is is uh, is Bob? Is our buddy Bob Bob La- Bobby Lashley? Is he working heel or is he working babyface right now? I think I don't know. I've been so confused. I've been so confused. Like it seems like while. they were just teeing up this baby phase run, and obviously Brock Lesnar puts him in a weird spot because Brock's just a force of nature of his own. But um, I don't know that it's like that whole like I'm going to defend this championship at WrestleMania thing. It's just like so. I might I have know, some it, intel on that. I might right. have some intel on that. I think uh, there's a strong possibility. Well, I have it on good authority that Bobby isn't a hundred percent. Uh-huh. And I think there was a good push to have him work baby up until WrestleMania, but I'm getting the feeling that his his health status has probably changed some plans for that. Um, well, that makes sense. I mean, it's know. easier to play. It's easier to to be a to to, to work heel if you're not going to be wrestling week in and week out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think uh, I think Bobby uh, tweaked something at the at the Royal Rumble. And uh, you know, I think I'm not. I'm not sure what his status is for the next couple of months, but I I have it under good authority that he he is working hurt. But you know, he's a new WWE champion, and you know, if you pay attention to all those hype videos going into Royal Rumble, you would be thinking like, yeah, this guy's definitely the babyface, you know. And then yeah. as soon as he won the title, you know, he's right back to uh, you know, old hurt business. You all suck. I'm the greatest, Bobby Lashley. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I I don't know, man. Uh, I would I would like to see Bobby get a nice uh, a nice baby run after after the past two years that he's had working the Goldbergs and the McIntyres of the world. Um, so we'll see, man. We'll see after uh, we'll see after Elimination Chamber, and I think next week where where the chips kind of fall with him, um, because I, I do think he's I think he deserves a big a big mania moment. You know, I think especially last year, opening the show, going in as world champion, coming out as world champion, um, kind of holding the fort down for Monday Night Raw when Raw was in a lot of flux. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think last year as a babyface would would be very interest, interesting to me. Yeah, I agree. Um, what else? Damian Priest. I think Sean Sapp tweeted this. They gave Damian Priest this Jekyll and Hyde gimmick. And he basically went from a guy that never loses matches to a guy that never wins them. <laughs> Where are you on Damian Priest right now? Because, well, I mean, he's <laughs> one of these. No, because he because he's. I mean, 
if WWE is going to showcase any like quote unquote new stars at WrestleMania, he's got to be one of them, right? So, I mean, what, what, where, where, where are we with him right now? Very confusing with, with Damian Priest because for the past, since he's debuted, he's been booked very strongly. Like, I don't think, yeah. you know, I think he went about like a year and some change before he was like ever actually pinned on TV. So he's been booked really strongly. He was in, in very instrumental for that Bad Bunny storyline. And obviously seeing how much he's brought to that company uh, has, has put Damian Priest in a very good spot. Now, this whole, you know, don't bring out the Damian side of the Priest of, of, da- of, of, of mm-hmm. you know, of him has been... Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of it. I'll be honest. Uh, I, I'm not the. Do you think he fan explained? Do you think he just explained to like creative finally where, why he came up with the name and he was like, yeah, it's a little bit of this, a little bit, you know, both sides of the coin, and they were just like, that's it, that's, that's the it. gimmick. Yeah, that was. I saw uh, the, once I saw the new the new Tron on him. I was like, uh, okay, this is gonna be. A you know thing what they got to do with it? You know what they should do? Yeah, they should they should put him in a tag match with Bad Bunny and have him turn on Bad Bunny. Yo. Honestly, I thought the I thought the rump the raw after rumble, I thought Damon Priest was gonna have an open challenge and Bad Bunny was gonna answer <laughs> and take yeah. the US title on a stadium tour until WrestleMania, which would probably be better use for the title at this at this moment in time. But uh I don't know, man. It's weird. Like it's weird for me to like because he's still technically a babyface, right? Yeah, but, yeah. yeah I'll, I'll well, but then, I mean, like yeah, I mean, but then you put him in the ring with AJ last night, and I think the, the sort of you know he pales in comparison a little bit. I think Damian Priest is, I think he's shown us about all he's going to show us right now as a as a baby, and and I think that I mean, dude, I just think you know, you kind of streamline. Well, we can get we'll put him on the tights talk list for next week too, John. <laughs> He's got a great voice, though. Great, no, great but you, pipes. But maybe you put a little bit more eyeliner on him, and you put him in put him in black. That guy's just the that guy's the heel of all heels. You oh know? yeah, I my, mean, he's- my fiance is the barometer of what I think of wrestling a lot of times, and then she'll come in and she'll see Damian Priest on TV. He's like, "What's well, this guy? A devil worshiper? He's got to be a bad yeah. guy, right? He's evil." I'm like, "I don't know if he's a devil worshiper, but." I wouldn't. He's a fun, but he's a fun him. love. He's a fun loving devil hey, worshiper. He, he, um, loves, he loves to have a good time. <laughs> uh, so yeah, just let's keep taking the temperature here. Where are we on? Where are you on Miz versus the Mysterios? Ah, I think, um, man, I don't know. It, it's it's definitely still not the time for a Dom versus Ray match. Uh, there's so only so many times you can still build up the you know oh you gotta you, you gotta break out the nest one day and grow up one day blah 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 blah. I think Dominic, forget Ray for a second. I think Dominic is had such a trial by fire start to his career. Judging with not just the circumstances of like not going to NXT and being in the Thunderdome for, like, most of your career until, like, getting to see live uh, audiences or whatever. On top of all that, he's gotten to work with, like, absolute legends, like Sean, Seth, you know what I mean? And now The Miz. And The Miz is the great get-you-over. Like, yeah. he can get anybody, or he can get anybody to hate him so Dominic could be that dude, and I think this is well. Important. I mean, if you can't get, I mean, if you can't get over with Ray's support and Miz working against you, I don't. I mean, I, that you know, I can't yeah. imagine getting a better. Le- you, you, did you hear Rosenberg's fantasy book for this for for Dominic? No, nah, what did he say? It was a couple weeks ago, and it sort of ble- it, it it was a minor. It was a minor. It, it made some it made some waves. Okay. 
He said that they should have their, I forget the exact mechanics of it, but they should have their little low-key falling out, Ray and Dominic, and then mm-hmm. have the back, you remember the backstage segment when Roman Reigns turned heel and it was like onto Roman and the camera panned and Paul Heyman standing right there? Yes. Basically do the same thing, except it's Dominic and the camera pans and JBL is sitting right there. And he's just like, and, J, and JBL, and they, so, and like we tweeted this out, like we tweeted out a clip of it, and JBL like jumped on Twitter and he was like, I'm in. <laughs> that would be fire. That would be fire. But I, I, yeah, I say all that to say, like, I think it's Dominic's, t- like, Dominic's got to start to do something, right? Yeah. Like, he can't just be Ray's son, can't be just in a tag team. Mm. Like, He's got Here's a, the thing. He, he's got I, agree, a, I agree. I agree. I also think that, like, I don't know. I can imagine, like, Vince McMahon probably agrees with what I'm about to say. I Obviously, it'd be just purely extrapolation. And I, I know this is really basic, but I feel like the money in Dominic Mysterio is when he when he takes his dad's mask. When he becomes when he when he when he becomes the masked luchador himself, right? Yes. So I mean, the the gimmick, the whole I mean, the whole outfit is like just begging for that mask, you know. And I, I think that. I don't know if Ray's ever gonna be ready to like, you know, hang him up. And and nor should he at this rate. I mean, we we um he he had one of the best matches of last week on, <laughs> on Raw against AJ Styles. Um, which by the way, we have a new weekly series on the ringer.com, maybe coming soon in podcast form by by Phil Schneider, uh, uh ranking the three best matches of the week. Last week it was AJ uh versus Ray on Raw. There's a Raw, we're doing it so there's like an, a WWE match, an AEW match and a and a one from the field. Mm-hmm. Um of course it was Punk MJF on the AEW side and then and then Psycho Clown versus Gringo Loco which oh, was wow. a, a GCW show. I the, when we when we were talking about this me and Phil, I was just like Listen, I just have one thing to ask. I think like the Ringer audience needs some psycho clown in their life because he's just as, I mean, I'm serious because he's like, what a, he's like such a character. He should be a worldwide phenomenon. And the fact that he's so over in Mexico is is in itself, like it is just like a great story, you know? Yeah. The, the guy in like a, you know, Halloween clown mask and there's obviously a lot of backstory here. He's got it for, comes from a legendary family. I'm oversimplifying, but a guy in a in a mask from a Halloween store is like the Stone Cold Steve Austin of, <laughs> of, of of Mexican wrestling right now. I mean, it's all, but anyway. So go check that article out. But Ray, I mean, Ray's out here working like just epic matches. So he's not ready to hang him up. But mm-hmm. you're sort of in this catch twenty two where like the only kind of endpoint. I mean, people people have been begging for this for the father-son split for over a year and at some point it's either got to happen or it's just never going to happen right i mean at this you're in a basically in a holding pattern until it happens or at least until ray goes off tv for six months and lets dominic work you know even even if they don't split up it's it's a weird situation that said I didn't know I wanted them to work, Miz, and, and and but seeing them together, I'm just like, this is the greatest feud. I'm so excited for this, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, the Miz gives that star power to you, man. Like it, whatever he's involved in, he's he's ascended to a level where doesn't need to be involved in the title, doesn't even need to be in the main event. You literally put him anywhere, and he's elevated whoever he's across from because it's like, oh, that's interesting. You know what I mean? Because the Miz is involved, and that's you know he's great. He's great at that. But like I said. I think now is the time to see what Dominic is truly made of on his own. You know? What are we doing? Okay, l- let me let me change the subject because we because we have we have to talk some SmackDown a little bit too. Okay. 
I love anything that involves, well, I love anything that involves Ridlin Orton. Um, Alpha Academy's been huge. Spoiler alert. Uh, in that my, whole thing. My, my Rockets are, are in this. Are, in I this have spot. Rockets in this category too. All right. But, but, but Riddle and Orton with Seth and KO is just like, I could watch that, those four. They, that could be the whole three hours of Raw, just those four doing shit. What are we doing? Where are we going with this? I can't figure this out. They're not going to be, they're not going to, like, this should be a tag team match, but it's like, it's not going to happen at Elimination Chamber because we got some. Because people are otherwise occupied. Mm -hmm. And it feels maybe not quite big enough for WrestleMania. Again, the Orton-Riddle like inevitable split is going to cloud people's opinion. I think a little bit of whatever they do at WrestleMania, if it's not a one-on-one match. But like, is that? I mean, we obviously penciled in Rollins to other roles at WrestleMania too. Uh, is this? Is it ever going to pay off? Or is this just like a thing that's happening on Raw for a minute that's eventually going to pay off in you know both teams splitting up or something? I don't know. I feel like all four of those guys are kind of like masters of their crafts right now. You know what I mean? Well, obviously, Randy, Seth, and KO, obviously. But Riddle. I, I can't mean, believe it, man. I mean, I've said <laughs> it on this show before. I was not all the way there on Riddle. I mean, I, I, like, I saw Riddle work, you know, in PWG. I've seen, you know, like I saw, I, I, I was a fan of Riddle in the kind of way that you're fans of guys that you've seen wrestle on, like, you know, on you know hand cam footage or iphone footage like right. 20 times or whatever but i don't know when he got when he showed up in nxt i was just like i'm not the character is not quite there it's just too basic or it's too broad sort of you know and mm. and um even his ring work i mean he's like one of the best he's he's like absolutely like elite at like and he's better now but when, when he came over to wwe he's like he's like elite at like 75 percent of the shit that he does he, he and i feel like the sleep. 20 and so you yeah, forget he's like, like yeah, an like elite Twenty-five percent of the stuff I was just like I felt like an old I felt like freaking like Bob Holly watching tape. I'm just like it needs to tighten up in there, you know. Like I just felt like I was giving these like old man wrestling critiques about stuff. But anyway, the fact that he's one of the best biggest wrestlers on in WWE right now and deservedly so, and he's like basically not changed anything since I was sort of like half in on him. I feel like an idiot. He's so freaking good. It's so obvious, you know. Um, a lot of that stuff, man. The stuff, all, all a lot of the stuff that works in pro wrestling, backstage and on TV, it's just like, well, it's common sense. That's the thing. That's a Vince McMahonism. Common sense, man. So, uh, keep, keep, I mean, Matt Riddle, man, it's common sense. That guy's just over like Rover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Riddle is a star, uh, and and I always thought he was going to be a star. Like I, I said. Many times over, I said he's he's the love child of Rob Van Dam and Kurt Angle, but I think I might that might have been underselling it a little bit. I think he's got a little bit more personality. Well, he's probably got yeah. more of Kurt's personality than RVD's personality. Um, and he's just entertaining, man. Like he's the way he can work in some family friendly weed jokes every week, you know, and and get Randy or like. Again, everybody is waiting for Randy Orton to, to turn on Riddle, and I guess the natural order of professional wrestling is that's kind of how it always happens. I've gotten myself to a point where I'm totally okay if it never happens. I'm totally okay if Randy Orton was this evil, sadistic, crazy person for the past 20 years of his life, and he just meets a nice weed-smoking buddy and just becomes just like an overall nice guy now. <laughs> like, And he's just like, and he's just like, you know what? Nah, that, we're not going to do the whole thing. Like, Maybe they do... I don't, uh, maybe they do just like a very amicable split where it's just like, you know, Randy, I love you so much, bro. But 
I think it's time for me to go. And it's just like, really? And maybe Randy's the one who's really heartbroken over it. And like, it doesn't, not even like, I'm going to like kill you sort of way. Well, maybe just like, I just, I just really miss my pal. And then they split. There's nothing violent. They just kind of go their separate ways. And what if Randy's the one who was like the Wolverine picture where he's like holding the picture <laughs> from the X-Men <laughs> cartoon, <laughs> just like rubbing a picture of Riddle like, man, we used to have so much fun. Like, that's what I want to see. Like, I've seen Randy turn on people like more times than I have like fingers on my hand, right? Like, I've, I've seen enough. The fact that I, I, I want Randy Orton to live by these five words for the rest of his career. Keep Randy Orton silly forever. Just keep Ooh, him silly. Okay. <laughs> keep him silly. Keep him silly. Like I'm I'm super good on Legend Killer. I'm super good on the Psycho. I'm super good on the Apex Predator. He's done it all. And I'm sure he's sick of doing it too because he's getting such a kick out of being this guy for the audience now. Keep Randy Orton silly forever. There's a whole other level he can get to without having to punt kick people in the head or, uh, you know, RKO old people. Like, he, he's, he's, he can ascend. If you didn't think there's a level Randy Orton can, can ascend to, I promise you, there's a whole other level he can ascend to if you just keep him silly. I think the Randy Orton question is this. We talked, we, he was on the show, you know, a while back, or he was on the, the Bringer Wrestling show a while back and yeah. a, a couple weeks ago. And I asked him if he, you know, he's one, was he, is he one title run, title win or two title wins away from Cena? Uh, I think he's two. I think he's a 15 time champ right now. Right. So, so the, basically he's at a point now where like, if at any point they're just like, Hey, we need, you know, we, we, you know, here's the script for next, for the next six months or whatever, we're, you're going to win the title the next pay-per-view. We're going to, you know, put you, we decided we're going to put you up in the, in the main event. Like every conversation has to be with the eventual record in mind. Right. I mean, he's talked about wanting to fight Cena one-on-one for that, you know, to, to see who's get, who gets the most title wins. Regardless, he's going to get there at some point, and they're going to have to do it with some purpose, you know, is you can't just, like, you can't, like, have him get, you know, have him tie the record for most title reigns and then, like, not remember it until the next week, right? You, it's going to be a big deal. But the proof's going to be in the pudding. When he gets back in the main event scene, is all the love that he's engendered going to still be there, or is are all the fans going to immediately lapse back to... Yeah, we kind of tired of Randy Orton. No, I don't think so. I, I think, uh, in a weird way, I think the more we, you know, Randy Orton's starting to the fact that Randy Orton's still around, yeah. you know what I mean, is enough to be like, oh, we gotta appreciate this guy because we know what's not gonna happen. Like, you know, he yeah, came in with Evolution. There's what? no Batista. There's no Hunter. There's no Flair. There's no Cena. Brock is kind of in and out. Like, Orton's one of those guys that, like, has ascended into, we're going to cheer whatever he does now because we don't know how much we got to have him. I agree. I think he should lean into the thing where he, like, has talked about how he didn't, how he sort of, like, found purpose. He, he like, started caring about the craft, you know, about promos and stuff like that, you know? That'd be great if he just went through, next time he's in the main event, have him go through every title reign and just be like, yeah, I didn't really care about it then. Like, every time (laughs) he wins a title, just go through one by one, just like, yeah, I was more thinking about what I was going to do after the show. Like, just show him holding up the belt, and he was just like, I was thinking about hamburgers in that moment, not not professional wrestling. You know, just to show his greatest moments, one after another, and he was like, I could, get, I could have given a fuck about wrestling at that moment. And I still won 
and now I care. So you better watch the fuck out like that. <laughs> um, all right, let's do a little SmackDown talk because we had some big stuff that happened this week. We, I mean, this week we have we have um, uh, SmackDown's coming up tomorrow, obviously, um, and and they've already announced Charlotte versus Naomi for the women's title. I think we can probably assume where that's going to go, but who knows? But last week. Ronda Rousey shows up, challenges Charlotte for a WrestleMania match, cashes in that that Royal Rumble win. Uh, that's a big deal. Uh, that's big sort deal. of that's. Um, I don't know if we can kind of intuit that on the Raw side we're going to have the the Bianca Belair Becky Lynch payoff. I hope to God that's where we go. Although, like we said last week, um, I hope that doesn't mean Lita's one and done. Because woo, did you see her hit though? Like like. In the Lita, ring Lita on did Monday the hits, night, did the hits and they, they still they still get the crowd going. It's supposed to be I mean, the moonsault. I mean, years ago, I was I interviewed <sighs> AJ Styles, and I at this in retrospect, I was pretty naively, but I was just like, "Do you ever think about like he's talked about? He's always been talking about retiring since he was like twenty five. You know, he's yeah. always like, <laughs> but I was just like, is it gonna be like just a like you act, you act like it's like a day you're going to be like, oh, I've had enough. But isn't there going to be a day when you just go to like slingshot yourself off the top rope and you miss? Like, isn't like the margin for error just becomes more and more of a reality as you get older, you mm. know? And and he was just like, I'm not going to let it get that far. But I, but you watch Lita go up to the top rope and you're just like, all right, she looks great. Everything's been smooth so far, but I don't really want to see this go wrong. You know I mean? But it, she looks so good. She mm-hmm. looks so good. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's going to be fun, but but what do you think about Char- uh, Charlotte versus versus Rousey? I mean, it's a listen, definitely a good way to to where in the spectrum of things, that's re- they're probably the safest way to make sure Rousey gets cheered at WrestleMania, right? I guess um, uh, Charlotte is the opportunity. It's not just a gimmick. Any anytime she's in a match with somebody, there's only it's usually the biggest match. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at uh Ronda versus Charlotte Mm-mm. it does make me wonder what we're doing with Sasha though because on the raw side starting to kind of come into you know if this leader thing is a one and done it's starting to make it feel like Bianca Belair versus Becky at WrestleMania is is the other women's title match you got Charlotte versus Ronda for the SmackDown women's title and I don't know how much longer the WWE is going to have Sasha Banks, yo. And to well, kind of is she is she a little bit? I mean, how hurt do we think Sasha is right now? Obviously I, not. I, it's not so much about her even being hurt. I mean, like she's. I guess if to, she's healthy enough to work the Rumble, then she's going to be certainly healthy enough to really work at Mania. So right, and uh, and even and even her Rumble work was very sparingly. Like she that she didn't take a whole lot of bumps. Like there well, wasn't I think a whole there, I mean there was some there was some talk that she wasn't hundred percent back. That she yeah. just was kind of there for the pop and there for the you know to kind of get get some of the rust off. But yeah, I agree. I mean. Uh, we have two nights of WrestleMania, so we're not, I mean, so there's like, there's plenty of room to have more than one women's wrestling match on a night. Hell, AEW had For two sure. in a row last night, so I, I mean, whatever. But the question isn't just like, is Maybe there room? Bailey? Quite, Maybe Bailey well, that's comes it. The back? question is, is there isn't about whether or not there's room. The question is like, are you going to make room to make it between now and then to make whatever she does matter? Yes. You know, so, yes. uh, you know, returning Bailey obviously would be like, Oscar's Easy around the corner also. Yeah. I mean, like, there's lots of things. I haven't heard do. anything about Bailey's timeline, by the way. Like, I don't know if she's near. I mean, well, like, I was told is, uh, from the injury it was seven months. And yeah, I think but there at, was but there was zero. I mean, we 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 talked about it on the show, but but there was zero like legitimate talk inside the company about 
Bailey at, at the Rumble. And like we just said, Sasha worked a little bit hurt. Like it's, you know, you could at least have done something with her if you wanted to tease her return. I have no idea. I mean, it's just, it may, but, you know, who knows? Maybe. Um, but that'll be a lot of fun. But let me ask you about one more thing on SmackDown. Yeah. Goldberg versus Roman Reigns. What are we, what are, how are we feeling? Mm. <laughs> uh, it's a match. <laughs> it's a match. Uh, you know, I, listen, I, I, I have I'm not against Goldberg, right? Like I've always enjoyed Goldberg matches. I feel like the best way to enjoy Goldberg is not in title matches. Because when he's in title matches, it always feels like he's never really earned them. He just gets them off the strength of being Goldberg. And they don't even give him the proper build up to like earning a title match. It's just basically like, "Hey, you're next." And I'm like, "Oh, I guess this is a match now." And that's how it's always, that's how it's been with him for the past five years, I want to say, since he's been back in, in professional wrestling sort of regularly. I mean, it's cool. It gives Roman something to do until WrestleMania. It gives him something to keep him busy. Not mad at that. But well, listen, the Goldberg story has to end with Big E. It has to. I don't care what has to be done. I don't care what storylines need to be crafted. If we don't get big, if we don't get Big E's dream match of big meaty men bumping meat and and sending Goldberg off into the great uh, uh, retirement home in uh, Georgia, wherever he's at or wherever he wants to go, we have failed as a society. Okay, as a, as a hoss fight enthusiast. I want to see Big E and Goldberg at WrestleMania just run into each other and just slap each other and spear each other and do all that type of stuff. The Roman match, it's a placeholder to get us to WrestleMania for the eventual Roman and Brock match. That's cool. I just don't like seeing Goldberg in title matches. I like Goldberg as an attraction. I love the entrance. I love him doing the hits. Hit me with the jackhammer. Hit me with the spear. Yeah. Do that shit and go home. Once he's in the title picture, that's why I'm just like, uh, okay, I don't need to pay attention. To yeah, this. yeah. All the respect uh, in the world to him though, because he seems like he truly gives a fuck again. Like he love, like no matter how long it's been, he gets himself in crazy good shape, and it's been a long time since that debacle in Jeddah several years ago, where like he concussed himself and like the match was just awful the craziest thing about this about where we are in wrestling right now is that we have legends who are like of a certain age who are still working not just that because you know medical science is a wonderful thing yes. but also you got these dudes like goldberg and sting who seem to like wrestling more now than they did when they were like absolutely yeah. on top of the world yeah yeah like it's weird like, like neither it's, of them it's... I, neither of them had the rep of being somebody who was like like you know driving around uh, like driving from, you driving from you, town to town talking about technique right yeah, I mean, you didn't that, you didn't watch goldberg when he came back in 2003 and be like oh yeah this guy's gonna wrestle for 20 more years after that which is exactly what happened uh you know anybody who's listened to anything about goldberg and not so much Sting, but Goldberg was just like, oh, well, this guy was the right guy at the right time. And, you know, he just kind of rode that wave. And you would have rode the wave, too. But now, like you said, you mentioned it a few weeks ago, the same thing with Sting. You get to a certain age where you kind of put your life in perspective and you could go back and see everything yeah. that's, that's you, you've done. And you got, like, a brand new appreciation or 
not even appreciation, but like it almost gives you a brand new hunger to do this thing that you're uniquely qualified to do, you know, and it turns into a, a love again. So like you got to respect Goldberg and you got to respect Sting for finding that thing so much later in life. Um, so, but like I said, I'm, I'm not the biggest Goldberg fan, especially in universal title matches, but I do enjoy the novelty of him when he does show up. I do love him as a special attraction. Hate seeing him in the title match though, but more power to him for, for getting ready for it. All right, let's do it. We've been talking about it for weeks, for months. It's time to hand out the Rockets. In case you guys don't remember or don't know, you know, there's that old saying in wrestling when somebody's just like on the come up and it looks like that, you know, they're about to get a lot of support from the office. You say, strap a rocket to his back. He's going up, you know, he's, he's, he's like going to shoot straight up the card. Now, we've made this into a sort of honorary award system here, where if we see somebody who's like on the way up or who's looking really good, who we think deserves to be on the next level, or we think it's just a sure thing for the next level, it's we, we hand them out, we, we give them a rocket. We give them an honorary rocket from the Masked Man Show with Kaz, and um, it's just, you know, our seal of approval. Uh, yeah. or, or an indication of WWE seal of approval. We can just define it however we want. So I don't know. I have like a, I have, I have a list. I have a, a list? list. Okay. Okay. I don't, do you, do you want to alternate? Do you want to do the yeah, list let's first? Yeah, let's go back and forth. Do you want to go first? I will go first. I'm not going to hit all mine. I bet we have some of the same people. So uh, why I'm don't positive. you go first? My, my first rocket goes to Chad Gable. Chad yeah. Gable is a guy who couldn't get TV time if he was literally on fire in front of it, <laughs> right? And now he, you know, not only is he a wonderful promo now, he's getting Ooh, his one shush of the over. Best, a, a wonderful promo, you know, well spoken, gets real heat, you know, like he's getting the shush, the shush thing is starting to become a thing, you know what I mean? Like, and on top of that, he is a badass dude when it gets into that square circle like he could wrestle his ass off and um you know he's only brought in the best out of otis you know i mean long live heavy machinery great run but you know alpha academy has definitely put otis into another level where you can see yeah. him eventually being a legitimate solo star uh as as he's currently packaged um yep. gotta give it to chad gable man because he's been through a lot he's been through a lot of tag team partners he lost you know alpha you know um you know uh, the, the the tag team with him and jason jordan a while ago was an incredible tag team got cut short because of jordan's injuries and now he's finding a new renaissance where he's opening monday night raw across randy orton you know what i mean like if that's not a rocket mm -hmm. to give out i don't know what is Big ups to you, Chad Gable. You're doing your thing. I totally co-sign that. Um, I'm going to give out my first one because it's... I was thinking about saving this one for the end, but because it's related to the one that you just gave out. Okay. Now, this person has lived in the shadow of another rocket for some time. Okay. But I just got this feeling in my bones. And, well, obviously, you can see it in the ring. And your bones. Angelo Dawkins is getting a rocket. Hey, I 
like that rocket. Explain. Did that, you David. see him in the ring with Chad Gable? This listen, and this was was at the pay per view. We were after in the post show. I was just like, holy shit, man! Dawkins is bringing it. Like it's boy like could no, go, boy could like, go. <laughs> the, Montez, like Montez. Uh, what, what's the old like? I used to always joke about Jericho that you would know that he was about to get a title run in WWE because he would get a six pack again. Like he would just, he would come <laughs> back like as soon as he got cut, you were like, oh, they're about to put him in the spotlight. Montez has a sort of like Funhouse Mirror version of that, where like the bigger the match, the higher he jumps off the yeah. top rope, you know. <laughs> but Dawkins has the same thing, man. You put him in the spotlight and he just goes now, and he's got. There was a time not long ago where I was like, never split these guys up, first of all. But like Dawkins, let Dawkins just, like if Montez is going to get a push, let Dawkins be his number two. Let Dawkins be his like six Be his trick six, Williams. Six, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's always weird when you talk about splitting up a tag team. It's a very inexact science, uh, unless there's a barbershop window involved. But man, <laughs> I could not be more confident about the future of Angelo Dawkins, and I don't even know what it's going to look like, but you see him go, you see him work, and there's not a lot of dudes at his size that can do what he does. I mean, there's just not that many. You know, you know? I, I, I say the New Day is the greatest stable of all time and one of the most influential stables of all time because for many reasons, but I think another reason that we don't talk about enough is that they've helped normalize not splitting up tag teams. They've helped yeah. normalize just being like, hey, you know what? I'm going to do my thing for a little bit. And then when we come back, we come back and it's all good. And that was not a thing for a long time. I was like, we need yeah. a blow off. We need a thing. Well, so I think this helps Angelo Dawkins a lot. I think he's like, you know, you're not going to genetic me, That's bro. a good point. Like, we're going to make That's this a good happen. point. You could definitely see a, you could definitely see a, some spot in the not too distant future where Montez is getting a little bit of a push and they and then he and Angelo have like a friendly along the line, you know, yeah. just like, hey, let me work my way. Let me get earn my way into this match. And I guarantee when those two guys get in the ring together as friends, it's going to blow the roof off. It's going like, to be magic. It's, I, and, it, I mean, you mentioned heavy machinery, and I don't want to get too in the weeds with it or whatever, but, like, you know, NXT was trying to get, in the in its at its best, was trying to get the most use out of a lot of these people as possible, and sometimes that ends up with sort of uneven tag teams, right? That somebody's kind of being underserved and somebody's being overserved. I think it's natural. I mean, it's tag team history in a lot of ways. It's, it's natural to look at the Profits, to see everything Montez has to offer and to be like, well, Angelo's the Genetti or whatever, but, like, dude... He is no Genetti, man. No Genetti, bro. <laughs> he is no Genetti. Um, all right, who's your next rocket for? Ooh, okay. So this rocket go. Oh my gosh, I just had it off the top of my head, and now I am. Oh yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. This rocket goes to man this is uh tough for me to say because he's not necessarily a guy who has a lot more to accomplish but i'm putting this rocket on aj styles i think oh, aj styles I like the late, we can do a late career rocket that's great yeah like i feel like right now especially with everything he's already accomplished and the wwe if you pay attention they usually reward you for holding them down. They usually, they mm -hmm. usually, you usually, when you do them a solid, like when you're, when you're like, you know what, I'm gonna just play the back. You got this big seven foot monster that you want to make a hell of a lot of money for. I'll take him under my wing. I'll take, I'll, I'll punt this year of my, of my prime to make sure that this guy is, you know, uh, ready to work and ready to make you guys money. But once it's done, 
I'm going to need my scalps. <laughs> and, you know, ever since the almost and AJ Styles breakup, they've been positioning AJ Styles as like the number one, like bell to bell guy in the company. Right. Like even more so than like Seth Rollins. Right. Like he's always been. Yeah. I think they've usually touted Seth Rollins as like the bell to bell guy. I think if anything, they've done themselves a disservice by not positioning AJ. I think I've, I'm sure I've said this 10 times in the podcast. AJ should be someone who people are gunning to, fight, to work at WrestleMania. AJ yes. should be the new Undertaker. You know, he should be. And the, they, and, he should be the, he's Sean. He's Sean Michaels. Yeah, he's, Mr. Exactly. WrestleMania. he's Mr. WrestleMania. Like, yeah. Like it's he's going to have a match that is going to be significant. It may not be for a title, but it's going to tell a hell of a story. And you know the match is going to be fantastic. And when it comes to just, when you're just looking at the roster and just looking at people who are just as accomplished as some of these guys, I mean, WWE is in the, in, the, in, the, in the state of transition. There's not a whole lot of like living legends on the active roster right now. Like all the all their living legends are guys that they kind of bring in, you know, from, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, to do a couple spot dates here and there. And even Edge, who was technically on the main active roster, isn't there every single week. But AJ is. And AJ is a guy who, you know, still has a whole lot of gravitas to his name and still has an ability to be like, you know, if they put the world title on him heading into WrestleMania or tomorrow, it doesn't shock nobody, you know? So, yeah. And I think if you watched his match on NXT uh, when he took on Grayson Waller, which I thought was dope, and and I love that Dolph Ziggler is about to go in there and get a little bit of that rub too. We've even talked about Dolph, man. Dolph could get it. We should, I almost gave Dolph a, a rocket, but you know it's hard to justify. But seeing him down there next, he is just magical. Yeah, and shout out to Shawn Michaels. To I mean, you got to give Shawn Michaels credit for getting NXT 2.0 popping again. But AJ after that match was screaming, "This is my year! This is my year!" Mm-hmm. And you know, even the stats, like every time he comes out, was like. Had most eliminations at Royal Rumble, lasted the longest. Da, da, da. So they're building him up for something. I don't know what it is, but they're building him up for something. And I want to be on all, along the ride for that. So he gets my rocket this week. You mentioned NXT, so I'm just gonna. Uh, I got. I guess I got two more here. So I, I'm gonna give one out. That this is a very very early. I, I was watching NXT 2.0 this week, and I I had I had the urge to give out a couple of a couple of rockets. Almost, almost. Oh shit! I'm down, but I'm gonna give it one or two. I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm it's as close. All right. It was. We're one match in, but I almost gave a rocket to Tiffany Stratton. I think there is no more. There's no no more a sure thing for WWE than that that performer and that gimmick it i mean it's that's that is roll out the red carpet she's on the way but we're not we're one match in we're not there yet but i feel even with limited usage even the limited reps i feel 100 certain that you can give a rocket to the creed brothers those guys oh, yeah. are the best thing i've ever seen in professional wrestling and i you and i <laughs> there's so much fun to watch you know, the real life brother thing obviously has its benefits in terms of just like synchronicity and interaction and everything else. But physically, they look different enough that they are like complement each other. They got like you, they're already telling interpersonal stories in the midst of their matches. And even if they weren't, these two guys can work like, like wrestling automatons. Like they are yeah. just 
crazy good. It's like the Steiner brothers with two Scott Steiners. <laughs> it's like two. Well, yeah. I mean, it, you know, don't don't discount Rick. Not discounting right. Rick like, at all. But I mean, just as far like as the, intensity. It's, it's the Steiner brothers, but with personality. I mean, yeah. they got they do more with their face in one match than the Steiner brothers did in the first decade of their career. You know, but I mean, it's 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 crazy, man. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see how uh, just the next like two three years of these. And we're gonna give them other rockets in the future. You can you can get more than one rocket on the Masked oh, Man for sure. show. On um, NXT too. I got I got an NXT rocket to hand out again. And do it. I don't even know if it's much of a rocket but yo wendy chew hive stand up <laughs> i fucking love me some wendy chew wendy bro. chew chatter man a lot of wendy chew chatter this yo, week. oh becky lynch gets on twitter like put wendy chew in the elimination chamber she has to be the mystery opponent yo it's, wrestling is so funny sometimes right like we could talk as uh, up and down about work rates and who should be on this spot who should be on that spot who you know who should be main eventing who should be debuting for what company and sometimes sometimes all you need is a little girl not a little girl she's not little all you need is a woman in pajamas and a mug <laughs> with a sleepy gimmick to make you realize why you love this stupid form of entertainment as much as you do. It is so mm-hmm. perfectly silly. It is so entertaining. It works on a million levels. Just like, and, and obviously there's, there's the Orange Cassidy comparisons because whatever, whatever. But I think it's a two very different things. Yeah. Wendy Chu, man, I, not only could I, she go, but like just the creativity to put simple wrestling moves with a sleepy twist on it is just... <laughs> hilarious to me i love watching her work more wendy chu more wendy chu that's all i gotta say totally agree all right i got one more and then we got to get out of here yeah um you mentioned orange cassidy so we i gotta get we gotta give one out for AEW. and listen my aw i got some aw something about the one the the way that tony khan is booking the show that uh, sometimes the the rockets you want to give out feels like he already gave the rocket out, you know, by the time nah. that you want to say it because he's yeah, like, like, you don't want to give it to hook. Like we all get it. Like we know hook is a thing. So no, yeah. I'm going to do an obvious one because like I went through the list, you know, like dude, Lee Moriarty had about a 10 day span where he deserved all the rockets in the world. I'm not sure I'm a hundred percent ready to hand that out to him. Um, I don't even know if we've given one out to jungle boy in the past, but like just watching him win the tag belts and cut that promo last night, like you can feel it. I gotta tell you, I'm this close, and this is just because I'm only gonna give one more out. I am a millimeter away from give. I was a millimeter away from giving one to Serena Deeb because mm. she's Louise. Look at her work. I mean, character in ring. There's nobody like her in that company. Maybe nobody like her in the wrestling world. But I'm gonna give a real obvious one here because in a company that has about twelve dudes who deserve the world title or deserve to be in world title matches 12 dudes who were like like just over as as can be famous as could be in mm-hmm. the a, in the in the aw universe you can i mean it is a there is a list of people who are super duper headliners who aren't even sniffing the main event but there's only one dude who's you, you definitely would put in that category who's like sort of who's a kind of on the come up or who hasn't gotten the opportunity to really shine yet. Yeah. 
They, they're, we all know it's coming, mm -hmm. but that man is Wardlow. Yes. I mean, there, has there ever been yeah. more of a sure thing in terms of like what they're going to do for that man? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He is. Uh, I think there's a lot of him. I think there's Wardlow is really significant in the sense that, you know, everybody and their mom, including us on the show, have joked about him going to WWE. And I do think that there's like, I think there's a lot to, I think that Tony Khan's going to do right by him as like proof of concept for future homegrown talents, you know, who <laughs> are hot, heavily muscled. But <laughs> dude, that man is a professional wrestler. Yeah. That man, talk about doing stuff with your face. I mean, that he did more last night than, than a lot of guys do in their whole career. I mean, he's just been so good at being, I mean, I guess the, the parallel is evolutionary Batista, right? I mean, that's yeah. gonna, that's that's going to be the obvious thing. But like, I get a sprinkle of evolutionary Batista. I get a sprinkle of Kevin Nash when he was Shawn Michaels' bodyguard. Uh, a Diesel, sorry. I get yeah. uh, it's 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 gonna hit, and when it hits, it's gonna be a very hot run. Absolutely. Um, so I think that goes that saying. Do you have Do you have another one? Because I have one more AEW one. I got that, one more AEW rock. Okay, let me see. I wonder if it's the same one that I have. It might be. Um, it's not necessarily a rocket, but just because I'm gonna give it to him anyway, because I think his time away really gave him a a much needed fresh coat of paint, and it's John Moxley. Like I think I think John Moxley going away. I, well, here's one thing I've always had stuck in my head about John Moxley for several several years: the Stone Cold podcast, where he's talking to to Moxley and trying to get him to like cut an Austin style promo or Austin style whatever, and it, you could just see in Austin's face. It's not giving, as the kids say. It wasn't giving, <laughs> you know. what I'm saying when it came to, to to Moxley, and I think you fast forward. I think seven years later, where Wild Thing hits right after CM Punk as the mystery partner, and just that walk to the like from the walk to the ring to the weight that he's lost to the focus that he has to the potential storyline now where. I mean, I don't want to forecast too long, but if I got the book at AEW, I'm trying to figure out a way to get Moxley, Brian, and Punk together as we're really gonna run this shit. Now. Yeah, I, <laughs> you know? I think it's an I think it's an interesting rocket to give out. Yeah, even though it's a totally arbitrary system. And here's why: you're right. He <laughs> carry he 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 helped carry the company in oh, its yeah. first year, right? In the pandemic, but too, it's, yeah. But it's worth pointing out that, like, I mean, it is worth acknowledging that that just because he was already at the peak of AEW at that point in time, there's much higher for him to go oh, in yeah. the grand scheme of things, right? Oh, yeah. And I think that you're right. He might be on the path for it. We got to get out of here. Um, Bro. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you my last one is, but I'm not. I'm gonna I'm not. The rocket is not official. I just want it because so, we're gonna have this conversation the it's next a time we have the rocket, rocket conversation. Okay. This is a, a pending rocket. <laughs> And that's to Santana. Uh, we, but we'll talk more about that. And the, the last night was we didn't even talk about him. I mean that that was a promo, and there's gonna because we're about to see a lot more of him. Oh you yeah, you know both him and Ortiz. But man, what a great little, what a great, what a great 
So Eddie Kingston waiting in the wings was. too. Like hmm. there's gonna be some promos. But with Eddie Kingston waiting Cut. in the, I mean, the, the implication is that these two guys need someone to talk for them. Yeah. And then, and then Santana comes out and he's like, "No, we don't need that. We don't need no. that either." You know. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, yeah, this, it's gonna be a lot of. That's gonna be a, a, a wild ride. Listen, we gotta get out of here. Uh, Kaz, you want to do your 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 plugs on the way out? You know what it is. Say less with Kaz and Loki and Rosie every Monday wherever you dream podcast and dropping a special Super Bowl episode this week. Make sure you get on youtube.com slash Kazim or wherever you listen to podcasts right here on Spotify if that sets if that tickles your fancy. Also, tonight I will be on the Knicks Warriors simulcast for Bet a Palooza on MSG Network. Catch me doing some commentary from 10 to 12 on MSG as the Knicks take on the Golden State Warriors on Pacific Standard Time and on Saturday as the Knicks take on the Portland Trail Blazers. If you're in the New York area, if you got the MSG Network, if you just watch Knicks basketball, catch me on there talking hoops. It should be really fun. And of course, can't forget MSG PM after every Knicks home game with my co-host, the wonderful Monica McNutt. And... uh, March 31st, House of Blues, Dallas, Texas, Wale Mania 6. It's coming. First announcement coming soon. Keep your butts tight, Dallas. We're coming in hot. It's going to be a good show. It's been a while. But Dave... I don't know if you've never been to a while. I don't think you've been oh, to I've a while. I've been to a while. I've been you, to Wally Mania. I was there. I was in the, I've been in the, I didn't go last year or the year before. You were at the I, New I York was, Wally Mania. But. I was definitely, I was definitely behind the velvet rope with like, like Kevin Nash and Rey Mysterio and Dave Meltzer. <laughs> oh, that was the OG one. Okay. Yes. I yeah. remember. Yes. So, uh, you were at Wally Mania one. It's been a long time. I think I was at one there. and two, but it's been a long time. So <laughs> I, I will definitely be there this year. If you guys don't know, I mean, listen, we'll talk a lot more about it, but there's a lot of fun stuff to do WrestleMania weekend. That's the only party that's like, I, I mean, it's like you get to like everybody's there. It's everybody's like it's, there. It's, it's it's just such a it's such a cool thing to, to be able to do. Anyway, it's a vibe, bro. It's a vibe. Can't wait for you, it. And you, if you want to hear more hear more from me, I'm on the press box every week, and you know I'm here on this show, and 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 listen to every show on the Ringer Wrestling Show feed. Mac Mania, Cheap Heat, um, Mass Man Show with Kaz. We got some more fun stuff coming your way, but until then. Thanks, as always, to our babyface production assistant, John Kerma. We love you, John Moxley. We'll see you back here next week, humanoids. Peace.